Let us unite our hearts in prayer. O merciful and everlasting God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have revealed to us the glory of your Son and let the light of your gospel shine upon us. We pray that you would guide us by this light that we may walk diligently as Christians in all good works, ever be strengthened by your grace, and conduct our lives in all godliness. Through the same, your beloved Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. The text for our reading tonight, our reading tonight for our consideration is from 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 16. We did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. There have been more than 50 books written by astronauts. And uh, the reason for that is they know there's an audience. When you have experienced something that is so different and unique and unusual for people... Uh, they want to hear about it. And the ones that are purchased the most are the ones that, of those who have actually been on the moon. And to actually read or hear about somebody who had first-hand knowledge of an amazing event like that is something that really draws our attention. And NASA knows this. They have a whole website set up uh, if you ever want to try and bring a, uh, an astronaut to come speak at some great event. For some people, seeing something dramatic or amazing can actually define their life. It can actually change the direction of their life and how they look at their lives. So if there was one incident or one miracle that, uh, from, from the life of Christ, let's say, that you could have witnessed, what would you wish that you could have witnessed? Maybe his birth and the singing of the angels, maybe one of the great miracles healing of the blind man, maybe, maybe uh, the uh, Christ out on the sea calming the tempest, the storm. Uh, there's a lot of different events that would have been spectacular to witness. I remember when I was a little boy, I always thought it would have been so impressive to be at the, the, uh, the driving out of the demon from the young man and then the demons going into the herd of pigs off the cliff. That, like, that excited me as a 10-year-old. <laughs> the transfiguration of our Lord is a magnificent event. And to try and envision what this was like is really hard. for It's beyond our capacity to even comprehend. To see Christ glowing in all of his, his radiance being allowed to shine through. Making it very clear that he is very God of very God. 
uh, this very man that for three years the disciples had been going around with and listening to him speak and certainly observing miracles and things, but probably because you're having dinner with him and sitting around the campfire and, and just the regular mundane things, it would have been easy to forget exactly who he was. And yet here on that Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus glows in such tremendous splendor before them. And this was the one now that God has sent into the world. Just, this is probably just weeks before he will go to the cross to pay for our sins. And this is the very one God has sent into the world him, himself in order to take on uh, all the problems we have so that ultimately he can give us life in heaven. How many of us would just have loved to have been present at something like that and to have a little bit more insight maybe into the glory of Christ? Peter says this, he says about himself and the other two that were there, we were eyewitness of, eyewitnesses of his majesty. The Greek words there are megaleos, uh, that means of the highest level. We got to see the highest level of, of, of this magnificence of Christ displayed in front of them. What, a, what an impressive sight that must have been. And then on top of that, to hear the voice from heaven that God Almighty declares this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And uh, what, a, what a tremendous thing. That voice seems to be the thing that dropped them to the ground in such fear. God is well pleased with the work of his son who's come to work out our salvation, to pay for our sins and, and rise from the grave, to give us the same status of being well pleased, God being well pleased with us because of what Christ does for us. I remember years ago I was at a wedding and at the wedding reception I was sitting across from a woman I really didn't know her but knowing that I was the pastor that had conducted the wedding she wanted to tell me about a great experience that she had had where she said that suddenly Jesus came talking to her glowing and uh, all bright as light and everything and um, what I found was interesting was that she just wanted to go on and on describing this incident to me. And you could tell that she, was just, she just couldn't wait for me to find out that she had experienced this amazing thing. I know our Lord certainly warns us that even the devil can dress up as an angel of light. So God doesn't tell us to chase after such things. Think about Peter, though. He gets to witness Christ in his glory. He sees Moses and Elijah standing with him. He hears the voice of God. You know, we, we probably wouldn't have blamed Peter if he had written an entire book in the Bible about that event. But he gives us two verses. If you really think of it, there's only two verses even in this text. He mentions it, but that's about it. He doesn't really focus on what a great, amazing experience that he had. And think about it, Peter is the same one who just weeks later from the event of the transfiguration goes on to deny that it has anything to do with Christ. Even calls down damnation from God if he's connected to Jesus in any way. So what are we to make of all of this? Remember one of my seminary professors used to say, well, for one thing we can say Peter was not a charismatic he wasn't someone that, that, that had to go on and on about some great experience that he thought that he had had. But Peter now takes the spotlight off of himself and off of his experience and very quickly shifts it to a very unique place. 
and that is to the Word of God. And he sends us, the Holy Spirit through him, sends us to that word. He says, we have the word of the prophets made more certain. Now think of that. He's saying, I got to see this amazing vision of Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. But I don't want to spend time on that. We have something that is more sure than you getting to see the glory of Christ on that mountain. We have something that is better and more dependable and more certain than that. He says, we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place. Isn't that an interesting line that the Holy Spirit says to us? You will do well to pay attention to it. And here you are, paying attention to that very word. This is where God directs us. Now, sometimes we have a tendency to set aside the ways by which God himself, where he wants to direct us to sort of find him and also uh, how we are to know him. And sometimes we may think that the ways that he's given us, they're just not exciting enough. They're not quite dramatic enough. We want something that has a little more pizzazz to it. Maybe we think to ourselves, if, if I could have that kind of a vision of Christ, my faith would be stronger. My faith would be more real. It would be more authentic. I would be a, a better Christian if I could be somehow in the presence or even just of a vision of this Jesus. As if somehow having a little glimpse of that glory would somehow make my faith stronger. That's how we sometimes maybe are tempted to think. Certainly many people are. But for some reason, Christ has chosen not to interact with us that way. He could. He can do anything he wants. He's the son of God. But he has not chosen to interact with you and me that way. And he has not told us to look for that. In fact, he warns us in scripture of those who go after these things and to be careful of them and stay away from that. Now, we might have our own ideas of how our faith could be strengthened or how we wish God would communicate with us in a little bit more direct way. There may be other places where we think the spotlight should have been placed to help us. But rather, God always brings us back and has us stay with the places where he has directed us to know him. And he always puts the spotlight back on the very word itself because Christ himself is the word made flesh. And so where Christ is and where this word is, there Christ is. And he directs us back to the lowly things of absolution, having our sins forgiven by our pastor or maybe a fellow Christian, having a, a cher cherishing our, our baptism, partaking of the Lord's Supper where the very body and blood of our Lord reassures us over and over again that our sins are forgiven. There's a man by the name of Paul Kretzmann that says this, there's no need to look for further visions and revelations. We have the word of Jesus, the word of our salvation. There's no reason to look for anything else. God has said, this is all you need to know. This is where the light shines in the dark place, even the dark places of our souls and our hearts, to expose our sinfulness and our need for God's grace and forgiveness. And the wonderful light that shines in is also this Lord Jesus who comes with his grace and his forgiveness and the holiness that we need to get into heaven someday. And that's why Jesus said to his disciples, if you continue in my word, 
then you are my disciples indeed. He doesn't say, if you continue looking for me to come in very special, unique ways. No, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so through that word, let your Savior's transfiguration be for you in faith, just a little taste of what it's going to be like to really be in his presence and his glory eternally. Amen. Please rise for the versicle and canticle. Let my prayers rise before you as incense and the lifting up of my...
our spend. Abide with us and with your whole church. Abide with us in the end of the day, in the end of our life, and in the end of the world. Abide with us with your grace and goodness, with your holy word and sacrament, with your strength and blessing. Abide with us when the night of affliction and temptation comes upon us, the night of fear and despair when death shall come. Abide with us and with all the faithful through time and eternity. of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.